Hello from everyone and welcome to Food Navigator Asia's monthly podcast, the f Food and Beverage Trailblazers. This is a series where we speak to and get to know more about groundbreaking food and beverage firms in the Asia-Pacific region, as well as the people behind them and their stories. I am Pearlie, the editor of Food Navigator Asia, and as always, I am your host for this series. Joining me today is Arseny Olkowski, founder and CEO at Flyfeed a startup focused on insect protein development as a food and feed source, which is based out of Vietnam. Hello, Arsini. Welcome to the podcast, and thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, Pearlie. Nice to meet you, and thanks for having me here today. Really great to have you here. And I think the very first thing I'd like to talk to you about, you know, is fly feed and your work with insect protein. So I understand you have a production facility and you're based in Vietnam and your current focus is on black soldier flies. So I did want to find out more from you on your how this form of insect protein as a whole is expected to sort of contribute to the food supply here in Asia. understand the right way to use insect proteins as part of humanity's food chain. We need to actually understand what are the challenges humanity's food chain is facing mm-hmm. right now. And from my perspective, the main are three ones, which is first the world hunger, the global hunger. Basically, we have more than three billion people right now who don't get enough uh, nutrients mm-hmm. every day of, of their life. We have almost a billion people uh, who are at the age of actual hunger. The second is the health in food. Basically, how do we ensure that every time people eat, they eat something that makes them feel better and live longer and not slowly kills mm-hmm. them day, day after day. And third is sustainability. Basically, how do we ensure that we produce food, not making mistakes humanity has been making over a long period of time and we are feeling the consequences now? How do we produce food in a way where we don't generate debt before the planet, which we will pay ourselves later on and uh, further generations will pay? Because we've been looking for the product which can be scalable, which could suggest give humanity a healthy source of animal protein which will make people feel better and at the same time do it in a debt-free way uh, not generating any bad circumstances for the planet if it makes mm-hmm. sense okay so i'd like to find out a bit more about your plans for developing insect protein to be used in food and beverage products for human consumption which i know is a little bit further down the line but something that you have very much have in mind i think the first important step here is to um see what makes insects valuable mm-hmm. product for human consumption because normally what we what we often see in fly feed talking to other insect farming companies who do human food brands is they have this misleading impression that asia obviously the region which has a long history of insect consumption for both like health reasons just just uh, like n- nutrition n- n- nutritional components reasons uh, so people believe that just bringing an insect food brand to asian markets will automatically lead to people accepting mm. it which history shows is is not true there's been lots of brands which tried this in asia and it almost never worked as as good as people expected this why this happens is because to the biggest part about insects as a product in human food is the ability of insects to be super cheap. Mm. Like we, we, we envision the ability of fly feed to produce products from insects which are almost same taste, uh, better nutritional quality, and at the same time three to four times cheaper than chicken, for example. Insect protein flour can be used for producing alternative meat products, alternative milk products, bread products, protein bars. like huge variety of products, making them healthier and cheaper at the same time. So 
we believe that the biggest obstacle the, the insect farming industry needs to overcome right now is the scale issue, uh, basically making insect farming facilities big enough to offer the market those cheap insect products. All along, we've been hearing a lot of um, very common challenges for the sector, you know, things like consumer acceptance, you know, mm -hmm. they, people always call it the ick factor or the, or, or the yak factor, you know, people being afraid of insect consumption. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing I think is also regulatory hurdles, you know, are, is Flyfeed still finding these to be, you know, major challenges? And do you have any plans in terms of overcoming these? Even though people often see regulation as sort of a challenge to overcome, in fact, regulation helps the market because regulators try to ensure the safety of products we offer to people. Because if you if you have a consumer uh, consumer perspective of insect products right uh, problem right now, imagine the level of this problem if 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 those products are proven to to be mm. to be not safe, right? So, in the, uh, in this in the, in this perspective, Asia right now. So Asian countries already have regulation of uh, insects as a food pro uh, as a human food products. You have this regulation in Thailand. You have this regulation in China. You have uh, developing regulation in mm -hmm. Vietnam, for example. It's not as controlled, I would say, as European regulation, which has both uh, which has its pros and cons. Because uh, on the one hand, it makes it easier for companies to start producing human food from insects at the same time it's not yet as secure i would say as focused on health and safety as european ones because for example in europe the regulation right now already implies strict control of the heat for insects mm -hmm. uh, so we believe that there's still a way to go and this market will probably learn a lot from plant-based mm -hmm. products plant meat there's definitely a way to go in terms of labeling of these products how to make it clear for consumer of what what is the, what is the product they're going to buy made from uh, there's still a long way to go in terms of the health regulation but it's important to focus on the fundamentals because fundamentally insect products are definitely a way to offer people scalable healthy and tasty source of proteins they they definitely need right now if you talk about more conservative part of Thailand or more conservative part of Vietnam. There is no issue with insect consumption. This is what people do on mm. almost a daily basis, but they are just interested in paying for the premium, well-packaged insect products, which look uh, which look fancy, which look Western way, something like this. They're just interested in buying a tasty food they're used to, in, uh, in, in, in buying insects. Uh, when you talk about, at the same time, when people who live in big cities uh, who has this like modern yes. way of lifestyle they're not big fans of insect products because it's not it's not culturally mm. accepted for them they would prefer beef over insect as a source of protein and here i would say the main step industry needs to go uh, needs to make is giving insect products a much stronger uh, value proposition than alternatives have right now and the biggest way to do this is by making taste similar while making costs significantly cheaper. For your own plans for market entry into the different markets in this region, because you did mention that there are so many sort of like different demographics and different consumer tastes here in, mm -hmm. in, in the Asian region. What are your plans for market entry, you know, as well as for commercialization, having to take all of these factors and challenges into account? First is 
If you remember, I've mentioned that local communities in many Asian countries, they don't have any yik mm. about consuming insects. And the obvious first way to enter the human food market is strengthening and deepening this interaction with local communities by offering them, them products people people are fine with, offering them larvae, dried larvae, uh, processed larvae mm. in some way, while at the same time it envisions two more global ways, I would say, on uh, in uh, in working on human food. Where first is doing our own, own human food mm -hmm. brands, mostly protein bar, alternative, uh, familiar products like raw material for alternative milk and alternative milk. Uh, while second is it's coming from from the problem of previously raised uh, regarding the raising food costs. So mm. food costs increase not because companies don't want to make cheaper food. They would happily do this in, if, if they had an opportunity because this would give them competitive advantage. But the reason they can't do this is raw materials they produce food from, the flour they bake bread from, the meat they make uh, meat products from, etc. they get more and more expensive. So Flyfeed wants to give those companies a raw material and insect protein flour and insect oils to for them to produce human food as well. I do wonder what you do see as the main, main market drivers for insect protein consumption in Asia. And also on the back of that, do you feel that it is going to ever be possible for you know insect protein consumption to evolve into becoming a mainstream source of protein for consumers here? There are strong markers saying that insects have potential to become a, one of the major sources mm -hmm. of protein. I don't think it should be should become a major one because diversity in food is real, uh, really significant part of ours keeping healthy mm -hmm. nations. Uh, the population grows, uh, more and more increasing demands in proteins, the prices going up, so people will need new forms of food which will still meet their, uh, meet their expectations in terms of quality, uh, health and, uh, and costs. The main driver, I would say, for Asia to be the fastest developing region in terms of insect products for feed and food is, in fact, how uniquely well this region is positioned in terms of insect products yeah. production, not even insect consumption. Because to produce, as you, as you probably noticed, we are really focused on cost of final product. We believe that cost is the main limitation of humanity right now, which leads us to still having the global hunger problem. If we talk about costs, where the insect product costs come from is the climate control, because you need to artificially control climates in your production 24-7 to ensure high growth rates of insects. It is the supply chain costs, basically where do you get your raw materials you feed insects with. For example, fly feed, in our case, we mostly use uh, farming byproducts, so fruits, vegetables, grains, all those type of products. So where in the world do you have a stable climate of something approximately like 25 to 30 degrees uh, humidity, which is relevant to, which is comfortable and natural for lots of populations of insects, and at the same time, abundance of farming byproducts and worldwide logistics. It's Asian countries. Not Europe, it's not United States, it's not Brazil, not Australia, it's Asian countries, it's Vietnam, it's Thailand, it's Malaysia, China, Philippines. So I would say that the biggest growth driver of this market in a region is the production opportunities it, it, it offers because it will give companies in this region the ability to 
create superior product in terms of cost and quality. Okay, very good. Thank you very much for that, Arsini. I think now I'd like to switch focus a little bit towards yourself, some of the easier things. So I want to find out more about your own entrepreneurial journey because I do understand a lot of your background has been in actually an entrepreneurial endeavor. So, you know, you've been in startups from education to gaming and so on, but Flyfeet appears to be your first food-focused venture. So why have you opted to take on the challenge of this pretty niche at the moment food category? So basically, you're absolutely right that my whole life I've been actually prior to Flyfeet working on uh, on IT products. Uh, I've been in e-commerce, I've been in education, I've been in gaming. And, uh, you know, even though it was a pretty successful journey, there's one uh, quote which I really like, which is basically most of the problem uh, problems humanity has right now is connected to the fact that brightest minds of our generation uh, are thinking on the problems of how to make you and me click on more ads in our Instagram feeds rather than how to make people welfare, how to make people healthier, how to give people access to clean water worldwide. With those three problems we've been discussing in the in the early part of our conversation, basically hunger, health and sustainability. We started looking for together with a team of scientists at heart, we started looking for a technology of alternative food production which could address the main challenges for humanity's food chain is facing right now. And we've been through, through lots of those technologies you're probably familiar with, like plant-based proteins, like cellular meat, like uh, algae, bacteria, mushrooms, all of them. And uh, maybe insect farming doesn't sound as <laughs> steampunk, as futuristic as uh, many, many other directions, but it's just, it's just absolutely superior. Basically, what we are working on is a technology which lets us produce proteins anywhere in the world using hundreds times less space than alternatives can suggest like soil, like cows, like all of them. Uh, and at the same time, hundred times less water with much higher growth rates. So when you did make, you know, this switch over into the food industry in general, what were some of the, you know, the biggest challenges or perhaps what was the biggest surprise to you? As an entrepreneur, your, your path is based mm. on the feedback loops, on like how fast you make an action and see the result of this action and learn from mm. this result to sort of plan your, your next move in the field. So, uh, for me, as an entrepreneur in IT sphere previously, uh, I was used to really fast feedback loops, like basically when you can deliver final product to a customer within maybe a week, week or less and get feedback from them and understand what works and what doesn't work and make your next decision, mm -hmm. make your next adjustment of this product to customers' needs. While in the industry, is that feedback loops are still much longer. Sometimes you wait months to see the results of your actions to understand how reality reacts on what you've just brought into this reality. We've, we've found several ways of, uh, I would say, making those loops mm -hmm. faster, but there's still a long way to go to make them as fast as we would so want the iteration them to, see, time to is be. longer, essentially. Based on that, based on what you just told me, I just wonder, is there anything that you wish you had known when you had started out in the beginning in this food space? You know, anything that you might have changed if you had known this in advance? I would say, even though fly feed throughout this, like, slightly less than, like, mm -hmm. we, we exist for a year and a half right now. And even though we've had a great traction, I've been, we've managed to build a stellar team of several PhDs, of experienced scientists, of experienced engineers, all those people. Still we underestimated how important are people in this market. 
that uh, in this industry where we where technology is one of the main drivers of our ability to actually ship this product we've been talking about to final consumer how important are the people who will work in this technology who will move it forward it's much more important than actually customers contracts we have right now it's much more important than construction traction we have right now so if if i if i needed to pick this one thing i would say arseni takes this amount of time you've been focused on hiring because insect farming is a novel industry it's really young there's not this many people around the world who have experience of working on insect farmings on industrial scales and those talents they're spread globally and you have like if you if we're talking about talented engineers in the sphere maybe you have like a hundred maybe slightly more of talented engineers in insect farming mm -hmm. around the whole world in, yep. in other industries those would be thousands or tens of thousands of people if you're talking about entomologists with experience in industrial insect farming it's still hundreds of people spread globally it's not like you have one city in the world where you could come in some conference or whatever and find lots of potential people to, to work oh, wow. together with you on oh, that, this problem. That, that's, a, that's a great finding for me today, something I didn't realize actually. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, because I always, you know, when, <laughs> in, in the food industry, we always hear about, you know, how we always have conferences, as you said, and bring people together, networking, and then find these people, but it's not quite so simple when you look at it for specifically for the insect industry. Okay, very cool. I think just one more from me, which I would like to ask you about is do you have any advice for those out there who are trying to move into a food entrepreneurship that you have especially if they're coming from very different backgrounds like you mentioned like from IT from gaming from education that kind of thing uh, if you if you're thinking about being entrepreneur versus not being entrepreneur and you have a choice like you understand that you cannot be <laughs> entrepreneur just don't do, go, go go to something else that will be, bring much more peace into your life but if you if you feel like you have to like there's no no other way then i would say focus on a way to produce food which makes you absolutely amazed and makes you forget about anything else because one of the main markers for us when we decided that we'll be working on insect farming over other technologies was the moment when i realized so uh, I, I, I've been reading another article about black soldier fly farmers, uh, far, farming specifically, and at some point I realized that <laughs> it's 5 a.m. and I'm reading through those scientific papers for more than eight hours already, mm -hmm. not making breaks. I, I would say that if you're, if you're making such a big shift from one industry to another, from one way of working with problems to entirely different way of working with problems. The main factor would be the level of natural interest you have to this way of work. Thank you so much for joining me today, Arsini. It was really wonderful speaking with you today. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening to this podcast as well. And I wish everyone a great day ahead. For Food Every Day Asia, this is Kremi, signing off.